Rusty Quill presents. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Minerva's Camera Obscura Solution. Are you a pernicious perv that's struggling with the periscope? Well, struggle no more! With Minerva's Camera Obscura Solution, you can hide them anywhere. Just aim the viewfinder of Minerva's Camera Obscura Solution at any item, person, or thing, depress the little plunger, and poof! Obscured! Randomly hidden from view, most likely never to be seen again. Where did they go? Only Minerva knows. Give yourself the power of the accidental magician with Minerva's Camera Obscura Solution. Save your regrets for tomorrow. There is a lantern at the center of Selene. Once a tall lighthouse warning ships in passing into the harbor, it remained as the city grew, standing at the center. The stones were removed slowly, lowering the light closer to the ground, until the flame of the glass lantern was all that remained on a single story. It was in this building that the lantern newspaper stood, shedding a loose, flickering light across the city, 
darkening its shadows and giving places for all the nasty creatures to take refuge. Its single story documenting the crimes, follies, and misfortunes of the citizenry of the city of Selene. And on a rare, clear night, the light would shine out beyond the city edges, into the industrial areas, and further, where it flattened into the fields and misshapen roads, out into the gray. Out there, in the rolling foggy hills and green apple orchards that sat at the fringed edge of the developing frock, many cart paths worn down to soft dirt roads with loose stones and dust. And along one of these roads sat an old oak tree. Old Oak Road was a well-worn path from the heart of the crab apples to the markets and the cider mills. All the way into town, along the fields were the occasional frayed cloth scarecrows that hung limp on gray wood by bent, rusty nails and faced against the wind and sneering of clever birds. The old oak sat not far from the edge of the road and loomed over a smooth green field that stretched flat into a small grove on the horizon. That old oak, like the last of an ancient race, its long branch tendrils snaking out, creating a cover that could have been an empire to itself and held the autumn mist as it rolled the field as if embracing a plume of smoke within its arms, to do the leaves and whisper secrets into each dark knot that led down to the mossy earth imps that listened from deep within the deadfall. Its only companions, a nearby flock of sheep, somewhat gray in color, and whose ram's horns contorted in a manner to give them a sense of unease and a bleat that gave one shivers in the night among the howl from wild hounds and the wolf that stalked inside the fog beds close to the ground. People rarely traveled at night down the old oak road, and they never traveled alone. That grand old oak, who had in days past, with a glow of torches bared, strung necks from hewn ropes, and in a fervor as if looking down in judgment, an act never witnessed firsthand, but well told from generations past. Soft mounds of earth dotted at the base from the bodies that snapped and fell to the hungry ground. But that is for another time. Those old legends had reduced to whispers as the city expanded into these fields, most of them consumed in buildings as industry bloomed and the water that moistened them redirected into wheelhouses and pumps and steam hammers. That lantern, that light in the center of the city, had little to say about Old Oak Road. Nothing to reply directly to the inquiry from Old Maul Dyer, in search of her husband's crooked lantern, whose restless spirit had broken down her door on a windy night to haunt her kitchen. There was not much interest in the Old Oak Road that Charity Suter, the new archivist, could find, until, that is, when the lantern paper printed stories about how the waters were diverted and the scenery began to change. It was not the road that was so much of interest over time, but the nearby cut dug through the hills that made easier passage for the mercantile and industry into what would later be called Elderton Tunnel. Great hammers and drills pushed through where it dug a deep trench and burrowed through the hillside, creating a long, dark tunnel one that local children would visit to test the echo, skip rocks and call each other's names down into the shadow, 
waiting for the spirit of Dark Thomas to whisper back. Not long after the new track laid down through the tunnel, the steam train started lugging ore, wool, apple crates, and passengers across those hills and through that long, dark tunnel into the center of the city. As line traffic increased, a small signalman shack built at the tunnel entrance, right at the cut near Old Oak Road, and a fastidious man named Harold Dyer, the signalman, sat at the opening with his red and green lantern to wave over his head to signal down the tunnel that the way was clear. In the cold nights with a kerosene heater, he would sit with his giant book, logging every passing train in the time of passage. He lived not far away in a small stone cottage. His wife, Maul, packed him a warm supper, usually of mutton stew and apple biscuits and a pail, and a carafe of well water for him to brew tea atop his little heater as the night crept. It was on a very dark, cloudless night that Harold Dyer was accosted just as he was brushing biscuit off his shirt front. Two men burst in from the dark, a rag stuffed in his mouth and his hands tied behind his back with a knife to his throat. He was bludgeoned twice to keep him quiet on the floor, and two men took his signal lamp, and they struggled down the loose stone embankment to the tunnel entrance to wave the red light. The turn-in boat train, filled with passengers, was stopped in the tunnel against the red lantern signal light, waiting for the all-clear. The Hossack's excursion train, filled with ore carts and three cars of mine work, came in from afar and saw the green light waved from the assailants. And to that green light, the Hossack's excursion train screamed into the tunnel without hesitation. And in the mid-darkness of the enclosed walls of the tunnel, under many meters of stone and earth, the engine plowed into the turn-in train, and the steam boiler of the Hossack train exploded, engulfing the turn-in, pushing the fire, scalding steam and embers down the tunnel like a lateral chimney, cooking the occupants that were assailed by the flailing iron that shot forward out of the shredded boiler. Harold Dyer was dragged under the old oak and thrown in a shallow hole the men had dug quickly covered, his lantern snuffed, and the men escaped into the fields. A small group of men responding to the noise discovered the carnage. It would be well into the next day before the fires and heat subsided enough to enter the tunnel and assess the damage. It would take them far too long to pull out the twisted metal and bodies from the middle of the tunnel. It was assumed that Harold was consumed in the fire. The headlines of the lantern paper reflected the grisly details of the quoted inspectors at Needle Street. They called it a tragic accident and uncovered no foul play. And although Mole Dyer insisted on her husband's innocence, the accident would be long past when she ultimately discovered the shallow grave and his body while grieving under the old oak tree. But no one wanted to reopen the painful past. It was left to Mole to rebury her husband in a plot near their stone cottage. The rail route was ultimately moved, and the cut eventually filled with drainage water about halfway up the tunnel wall. The last reference in the lantern paper would be a passed-around rumor from the dwindling local population. A small tale about one foolish young man who one night heard screams in the tunnel and dared take a rowboat and torch to see the remnants of that terrible accident and the scorch marks on the stone. 
He was never seen again. It was near where that signalman's shack had once stood, near the entrance to Elderdon Tunnel, that the old woman known as Maul Dyer and the archivist Charity Suter stood looking into the swell of a dim afternoon when Maul tossed a collection of wildflowers into the water, rippling their reflection as they slowly drifted into the dark. His lantern was never recovered, Maul said. The fact he was attacked was covered up and it was said to be a misjudgment on his part. Easier to blame him and just put things back to normal. Enoch, come have some egg and cress, Charity said. Jen wrapped a sandwich from its paper, handed him a section. And Enoch sat near her and chewed with his mouth open due to a slightly stuffed nose. Oh, he doesn't speak much. I cannot say that's an issue to my old ears. But if you like, I may have a remedy. I'm not sure it needs a remedy. Suit yourself. Maul looked at the water. They say if you wait at the river's edge long enough, the bodies of your enemies will float by. I have waited at this edge a long time. And I'm afraid the current is not strong enough. We may need to go upstream to settle the spirit of my herald. Of course, the old oak is there. And beneath it is where I found him. A neighbor farmer was nice enough to lend a cart and mule, move him, and bury him near our cottage. It's just over that away, just over past those fields. We can wander over if you like. You can show me what you found in your newspaper. Let me put on the kettle and we can talk about what you found. Would you mind if I took your arm? My bones aren't what they used to be, and I have enough of a waver. I can relate. I've had my own issues. I had a cane for a bit. Hmm. Are you married? No. Well, don't ever grow old, Miss Suter. Charity. Not now. Not ever. Everyone just stops listening. Honestly, didn't expect you to listen either. I so appreciate you coming all this way for a visit. It took a great deal for me to come see you, and being in town was all too much for a woman of my frailty. Oh, nuts, Petunia. She's a sweetheart. Just a moment on the kettle. Please take a chair. Miss Dyer, you were trying to find any clue to who it might have been who attacked your husband. Set up the accident... We obviously don't have much to go on. Needle Street is much better suited for this, but I did what I could. There's plenty of articles detailing the accident. Throughout all of it, it blames an oversight from the signalman, though he's never named, which I suppose is a small kindness. But this one did say that the inspectors checked the logbook, and there was no record of either train. 
though the conclusion was that he was surprised. Rushed down to signal at the last minute, and was pushed into the tunnel. We, of course, know this is wrong based on your story. There's not any mention of any kind of attack or suspicious individuals or weapons, or anything left of the scene. However, I did find a few things of interest. We did publish the Passenger Manifest. There's an article about the company interest in the original tunnel construction, and the cut are referenced. And there are some details with the announcement about where the line was moved. It's not a great deal, I admit. But I think this could provide us some direction. Milk and sugar? Yes, please. So very sorry for your loss. What happened to your husband? Although it's not much, it's a place to start. It just may be enough. I don't know what I can do, but I like to do what I can to give you some peaceful dreams. Hmm. Dreams. Tell me, Charity. You believe in ghosts? Enoch, what is it? And that's my root cellar. There's not much down there, but some beets and jarred radishes, little one. He looks a little uneasy. That means we should probably be getting back. I'm going to ask around a little to see what else I can uncover. Oh, do stay. If we wait long enough, you can meet my Harold. Do you believe in ghosts? A visit to the edge of a dusty kingdom where the lantern's light barely reaches. Where a gravely cut clings to the secrets of grisly past and the faint screams echo the length of Elderden Tunnel. Will Charity uncover the identities of the assailants of Harold Dyer? Will the real motives behind the accident of Elderden Tunnel be uncovered? Must we hunt the fading tracks ourselves? Or if we wait long enough at the water's edge, will the bodies of our enemies drift by? A trail of clues from the Lantern Archives, out into the fields near Old Oak Road, and back deep into caverns of the city, in the next episode of Celine.
trapped in the attic? Ingested a parasite? Looking for a Lenny Penny? Come bask in the emerald green glow of the strange city lying below. Join our Patreon for Selena Cleveland, and Minerva might just let you pick her next solution. Join our Patreon, and no one will ever ask you for anything ever again. And again, 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 and again.